0: Hear these words from Exodus 16, verses 1 through 5, and 14 through 35. Then the children of Israel set out from Elam. And all the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. whether they will walk in my law or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. And then it came to pass, when the dew had gone up, there was on the face of the wilderness a fine flake-like thing, fine as frost on the ground. When the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, Mana what is it? For they did not know what it was and Moses said to them it is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat this is what the Lord has commanded gather it each one of you as much as he can eat you shall each take an omer according to the number of persons that each of you has in his tent and the people of Israel did so they gathered some more some less Excuse me. When they measured it with an omer, whoever gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered little had no lack. Each of them gathered as much as he could eat. And Moses said to them, let no one leave any of it over until the morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it until the morning. And it bred worms and stank. So Moses was angry with them. Morning by morning they gathered at each as much as he could eat, but when the sun grew hot, it melted. On the sixth day they gathered twice as much bread, two omers each. And when all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, he said to them, This is what the Lord has commanded. Tomorrow is a day of solemn rest a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake and boil what you will boil, and all that is left over lay aside to be kept until the morning. So they laid it aside until the morning as Moses commanded them, and it did not stink, and there were no worms in it. Moses said, Eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you will gather it, but on the seventh day, which is a Sabbath, there will be none It was like a coriander seed, white, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. And Moses said, This is what the Lord has commanded. Let an omer of it be kept throughout your generation, so that they may see the bread with which I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. And Moses said to Aaron, Take a jar and put an omer of manna in it and place it before the Lord to be kept throughout your generations." As the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron placed it before the testimony to be kept. The people of Israel ate the manna for 40 years until they came to a habitable land. They ate the manna until they came to the border. Will you pray with me one more time? Lord God, I pray that you would be with us as we gather today. Meet us here as we hear your words. Lord, I pray that the words that I speak would not be my own words, but I pray that they would be yours. Use them to convict and encourage and to draw people closer to your presence this morning. These things. Amen. Is this on? Are we good? Is that better? Okay, that's better. That's good. I'm going to put this up here. All right, we're just going to go with this. Well, good morning. Once again, one and all, we are here uh, in the middle of a sermon series that we've been going through, the Lord's Prayer. Uh, This is the third of five sermons in this series. Two weeks ago, we looked at the person to whom we pray, our Heavenly Father. And we looked at the uh, sort of the, the paradox that's found in there, how God is both our loving Father... And how God is our sovereign heavenly king. And where those two things meet, we have a a beautiful reality that the person we pray to not only loves us more than any earthly father could love us, no matter how much they may, or, and, excuse me, the one we pray to has more power over anything to answer our prayer requests. We pray to this heavenly father. Last week, we looked at the first three petitions of the Lord's Prayer, right? Hallowed be your name. May your name or authority be revered and listened to. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And really, that's, that's cosmic in proportion, right? It deals, those are requests that deal with the entire scope of human history. We pray that... Even though God's will is not done here on earth, things are not as they should be, we pray for heaven and earth once again to be united, as they were in the Garden of Eden. And we look forward to the day that the new Jerusalem descends out of heaven. We look forward to the day that there are new heavens and new earth, that they are united under the rule of Christ. And we were reminded last week that we, as the church, are a little pocket of that kingdom that is coming. We live life and do life differently together. But our request this morning becomes more personal. We go from having right, this cosmic request about the kingdom of God coming to the earth to a very practical, personal, everyday request. Give us this day our daily bread. The tone narrows, the scope narrows, and we go from thinking about huge things, the presence of evil in the world, the end of all things, to thinking through the practical, everyday needs that we have. This is a short phrase that we are preaching on this morning, give us this day our daily bread. It's seven words. And I want to preach through, if I can, not quite word by word, because there's a couple repeated ones, but really focus on each little section of this to see what it teaches us, starting at the end and moving to the beginning. So first, give us this day our daily bread. Why Why bread? When we, when we think about bread, we think about, you know, one item on a list of groceries that we have to go buy, right? I have to go to the store, I have to buy eggs, I have to buy milk, I have to buy bread, I have to buy, you know, some fruit or something. You know, it's just one of these things on a list. That's not really what it's talking about here. It's not talking about a grocery item. The word bread here really is, it means it's talking about all food. In the Old Testament specifically, right, in the, you know, in the language that Jesus would have been speaking, bread can mean, right, a loaf of bread, but it more often than not means food. The thing that we eat every day, whether it's literal bread with all of its gluten and all of that stuff, or whether it's, you know, some meat, whether it's some fruit, all of it is bread, we talked about this a little bit uh, a few weeks ago in our Ruth series. The city of Bethlehem, as you, as you may remember, means, its name means, house of bread. And one of the central kind of ironies throughout the, at least the first chapter of the book of Ruth is that there was a famine in Bethlehem. There wasn't any food, there wasn't any bread in the house of bread. So when Jesus here encourages his disciples to pray for their daily bread, he's not talking about, hey, you know, don't forget, you know, your portion of bread with your breakfast in the morning. No, it means it's talking about daily needs. I think it's talking about more than food, though. I don't think it's too much to to import that into this. It's talking about food, yes. It's talking about physical, everyday needs. But in a greater way I think it talks about all of our needs. While we wait for the kingdom to come, while we wait for God to bring his rule and reign down into this world, we still have daily needs. This is a prayer for God to meet the needs. There's uncertainty day-to-day about how these needs are met. Most of us don't wake up in the morning and wonder how we're going to feed us or our families for the day. We are fortunate enough to live in one of the most prosperous times and locations in all of human history and all around the world. That lot has fallen to us. But the people that Jesus was talking to People who exist around the world today, people who exist in our city today, if we're being honest, do not know where their next meal is coming from. They have a a need for daily bread. But that doesn't mean that we don't have daily needs. The need for God to get us through the day emotionally. The need for God to give us the strength to make it through the day because of an ongoing illness that we have. For some of us, perhaps, the need for our basic, everyday, physical needs to be met. This prayer is a reminder that God cares about all of those needs. Everything that is lacking in this broken world, everything that will be fixed one day when the kingdom comes, God cares about those needs. The most important meeting of our needs, let us not forget, is represented when we take communion. What are the two elements in communion? There is the wine and there is the, the bread. And as we eat the physical bread when we take communion, we are reminded that just as God meets our physical needs day to day, so God meets our spiritual needs He has given us not only our daily bread, but he has given us his son to feast upon. His body is broken for us so that our sins can be forgiven. God cares about our daily needs enough to send his son. Give us this day our daily bread. What about the word daily I think as i was preparing this sermon this is one of my one of my favorite little parts of this little phrase just the idea of daily bread the word is repeated and there's a little bit of debate about what you know these these words mean but really the idea is god give us today our daily allotment of bread give us what we need for the day that is coming and i think this looks back to the, the the picture that we read earlier you know before before the sermon The story from the book of Exodus about God's provision of the manna in the wilderness. There's a beautiful picture there. That as the people of of wilderness, as the people of Israel were in the wilderness, as the people of Israel were in the wilderness, there wasn't any food around them. They were in the middle of a desert. They couldn't go out and they couldn't forage the land. There wasn't, you know, all of these crops that they could eat. There wasn't farmland for them as they wandered. They needed the miraculous provision of God for their needs. And yes, they grumbled and said, hey, at least we got, you know, fed when we were slaves in Egypt. They didn't like what the, what the, manna, what the provision was. It was this weird bread-like stuff. But God provided them daily Bread. They walked out of their tent in the morning, and like dew covers the ground, bread was on the ground, food, manna, for their daily needs. And they were supposed to go out every morning, gather enough for one day, and I think this is, this is the beautiful part of it. They gathered enough for one day, and if they gathered enough for two days, it spoiled overnight, It didn't work if you tried to gather enough for two days. You had to gather enough for one day, and you had to have enough faith that God would provide your daily bread for the next day. Gather enough for one day. Eat it all. Not have any food for the next morning. Go out of your tent the next morning, and behold, there would be bread. And God provided them enough food to live on for 40 years in the wilderness. He miraculously provided them their daily bread red and there's this beautiful picture here of consistent faithful dependence god doesn't meet our needs all at once you know i have i have a young son he's about a year old he's to the point where we can just kind of put food in front of him and he'll just kind of eat it himself which is really great that we don't have to spoon feed him it saves us a lot of time it's a wonderful stage but he can't provide food for himself And I would be foolish as well to give him all of his day's food all at once. I would be like, you know, here, buddy, here's this giant bowl full of food. Just come back to this whenever you're hungry. I feed him what he needs when he needs it. And God promises to provide our needs in the same way. He never promises that we will be rich. He does not encourage us to pray to be rich. But he does encourage us to pray that our daily needs will be met. He encouraged us to daily come before God. Whether we don't know where our next meal is coming from, whether we need the emotional strength or the physical strength to get through the day, he encourages us to come daily. God, I don't know how I'm going to make it, but I trust that you will provide for me my daily bread. And when we have received it for that day, we go to him the next day and pray the same thing. God will provide our needs. Whether that's day by day or not, he encourages us to come back. Encourages us to come back every single day to seek his face. So we've looked at bread, we've looked at the everyday. What about the word our and the word us? And the Lord's prayer is not an encouragement because it, it could say, you know, "Give me today my daily bread," but it does not. Right, we have this, this focusing of, you, know, scope uh, from the first three petitions to this one, right? It goes from cosmic kingdom stuff down to everyday personal needs. It's personal, but it's still plural. Give us our daily bread. Why? Well, I think it's because we ought to be concerned with the needs of our community. We ought to be concerned with the needs of our church family. We don't just pray that God will give me enough to get me through the day. We are encouraged to pray for the needs of those who are in this room, that they will receive their daily bread. We're encouraged to pray for the needs of those who, have, who aren't able to make it into this room, who are home because of the weather, who are home because of sickness or illness. We are encouraged to pray for their needs, which means we need to know their needs. Which means we need to talk to them and ask them what their needs are. How can I pray for you? So as we go before the throne of God day by day, asking asking him to provide my daily needs, we go and ask him to provide the daily needs of those who are around us as well. We are to be concerned with the needs of the community. But also, God might give you someone else's bread. You ever think about that? God might give you someone else's bread. If you ever look at your needs and you wonder why you have more than enough, it may very well be that you're supposed to share it. God doesn't give out daily bread equally. We know this. Some people, you know, are born into wealth. They have more than they need for their entire lives. Some people, you know, have worked and have, you know, built up a, you know, a comfortable life for themselves, right? They've gone to school and they, you know, became an engineer at GM or something along those lines. And they've, you know, they're comfortable. Some people struggle day by day to get by, but as we pray for our needs to be met, we should be aware that God may give us someone else's bread. God's provision for someone else may be through giving you more than enough. And I do want to say this is something that our church, I think, has done pretty well at. Right? One of the challenges that we had last fall was to, was to give enough money to the local backpack program, right? There's a, there's a program down at Swartz Creek schools that for those kids who are food insecure, they might not know where their food is coming from on the weekends. We're talking about literal daily bread here. The school district has a program where they send backpacks full of food home to kids. It's called the Backpack Program. We were approached as a church and asked to give $1,250 to the school district, and we've raised $2,500. We raised twice that in the amount of time we met our goal. And I'm super proud of all of you for doing that. We have shared our daily bread. But I want to encourage you all to not, not rest on that, but to continue to examine how can I meet the needs of other people in this church and our community? How can I generously serve them? Because God may give you someone else's bread. God may provide for their needs through your time, through your money. Maybe they don't have enough emotional strength to get through the day. God may provide for that bit of daily bread through your encouragement and your prayers. But we don't pray that God would give me enough. We pray that God would give us enough. Finally, I want to look at the first word in the seven-word phrase. Give. Give us our daily bread. We, we live in a, in a country, in a culture, uh, that's founded really on individualism. That's in the American ethos, the American ethic, is, is the self-made man. Pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, equal opportunity for all, that as long as you work hard enough, you can get Enough. That's at the core idea of our country and our culture. And along with that comes the temptation to believe that if we work really, really hard, then what we have gotten is our own. That's not true. The reality is that whatever we have is given to us by the God who gives us our daily bread. It is a generous gift from him. Perhaps you have worked all your life, and you, you, know, you have enough money in the bank to retire comfortably, you, know, you, you have enough money in the bank to get to do some fun extra things along the way, But the God who enabled you to work for that, the God who gave you the intellect to work for that, the God who gave you the physical ability to work for that, he provided it for you. Let us not be overcome by this idea that we have earned everything ourselves because even even the work that we have to earn that money is a gift from God. And God could take it away like that. We look at Job in the Old Testament, wealthy man, all kinds of herds, all kinds of crops, all kinds of children, and it was removed from him in a matter of weeks. Just like that, it was gone. The same could be true for us. None of us have any of our wealth, any of our abilities, any of our talents on our own merits. All of it comes from God. Like a little child crawling on his dad's knee saying, Abba, give me bread. We are entirely dependent on our Heavenly Father to meet our daily needs. The word give in this prayer keeps us from pride. It keeps us from resting on our own accomplishments. It reminds us that even though we might have enough in the bank account to pay for daily bread for tomorrow, for the next week, for the next year, for however long, we are still dependent upon our Heavenly Father for our daily bread we pray give us this day our daily bread we are reminded that God cares about our physical needs he cares about our spiritual needs enough to send Jesus Christ the bread of life so that we may feast upon him and be satisfied we pray give us this day our daily bread coming to God every day in a faithful consistent dependence on our heavenly father to meet our needs trusting that he will give us enough to get through today he doesn't promise us enough to get through tomorrow until then but he will give us enough for today we pray give us our daily bread remembering that we don't just pray for our needs we pray for the needs of community of our community and we are reminded we are reminded that god may provide for the needs of others through us we may be given someone else's bread to give to them and we pray give us this day our daily bread being reminded that we cannot work on our own by our own abilities for the daily bread that we have but even the talents that we have to work are given to us by God we are still utterly dependent On him to provide our needs. Like a child who needs his Father to give him his daily bread, we pray that God, our Heavenly Father, would meet our needs day by day as a community of believers. So now, let us pray together the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray, together saying, Our Father who art in heaven,